This is the Lost Start of Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Lost Start of Communication podcast. Today is April 9th that we are recording this, and we are still dealing with COVID-19, as we can expect to be for some time, we imagine. Today, we wanted to talk more specifically about the ways that we can communicate with ourselves during this time, but also in life in general. We've done an episode before on self-talk in the very early days of this podcast. I believe it was our third or fourth episode, so please go check that one out as well. We will definitely reiterate some of those concepts, but also introduce some new ones that have been informed by our current situation. And this is incredibly important, not only for our mental health, but also for our communication in general. We cannot expect to communicate well with other people if we don't know how to communicate well with ourselves. Usually anything that we're saying to another person is a mirror of what's going on the inside inside our brains. And so today we're really going to focus on starting from the inside to help improve our communication with ourselves and with other people. During this time, we are spending a lot of time with ourselves, too. Some of us are living alone, and maybe that's the only person you're physically with is yourself. So there's a lot of time that you're in your own head. There's a lot of time that you're communicating with yourself, and you're not getting the full picture of what other people are doing. Talking about like what you see on social media, what people are saying over the phone. So that's going to be a large theme of what we're talking about today, too, is that comparison piece to others based on this very strange situation we're in. It's it's very much um, highlighted and exacerbated in this situation. So I like what Trisha, you said, though, about how what you how you talk to yourself is then mirrored in how you communicate with others. So it, it all starts with ourself. The way we talk to ourselves is so, so important because we're with ourselves 24-7, and it feels like maybe even more right now <laughs> than 24-7. So that's definitely on the forefront of how we need to start changing how we communicate with others. Yeah, and even if you're not spending all day alone, let's say you're in the other end of the spectrum where you're in a house full of children and your family and you're trying to work and you're trying to homeschool and you're constantly surrounded by people, because you do recognize some people in isolation, that means literally by yourself, minimal talking. For other people, it means continuous talking and very little time to yourself. And in those moments is when your self-talk needs to be strong as well because you're more likely to get frustrated with other people if you're not feeling content within yourself. So the first thing we wanted to discuss is a reiteration of what we've mentioned in the past two or three episodes, which is that we are all experiencing the same thing, yes, but all of our situations are very different and specific. So as Molly mentioned, it's very easy right now, especially since many of us are going on social media quite a bit, it's easy for us to fall into the trap of comparison, comparing ourselves to others, and that leads us to often put ourselves down. We may see someone who's 
learning all these new skills and is killing it and starting an online business and beginning a blog. And meanwhile, you're just struggling to survive and get by each day. And that is okay. There is a little quote I wanted to share that's been going around the internet. I do not know who the author is, so unfortunately I cannot reference, give them credit, but um, it is not mine. I saw it on the internet, and it says, We are all in the same boat. We are not all in the same storm. For some people, it's sprinkling. This is a break. It's a breather. It's a rest. It's a pause. A time to reconnect with their families. Honestly, it's kind of peaceful. For some, it's a storm. It's a bit scary. It's disruptive. It's enough to make you stay up and watch the news and worry a bit. For some, it's a damn hurricane. It's tearing at boards. It's pulling off roofs. It's washing them out to sea. It's dark and unknown. It's life-changing. It's not wrong to be enjoying a sprinkle or enduring a storm, but please don't negate the difference. Rest with your family, but don't minimize the hurricane engulfing your neighbor. Laugh at a meme, but get on your knees for your friends. Get in someone else's storm. I thought that was really beautiful because it reminds us that while a lot of info is on the internet now saying, oh, in this time when you're bored and have all this free time, remembering that not everyone has that much free time and for some people it could be a really large struggle at the moment. I love that quote so much. I hadn't actually heard the full thing before this episode and it kind of gave me a little bit of chills. I, I, it really resonated with me because one of my deepest like things that I would like to change about myself is how much I compare myself to others and that's been the hardest struggle during this whole time. Right now, I am working a full-time job, doing um, 40 hours a week still, sometimes a little bit more because I have to kind of learn this new format that I have to do. Um, Trish and I are still doing the podcast. Um, I'm having to cook a lot more, um, and I'm having a lot more, like, online phone dates, and I have the worries in the back of my brain of, like, family and health of my family members. So I feel like I have a lot on my plate. I would say... I don't know where I am in that quote that you said, but I'm definitely not feeling it just as a sprinkle. (laughs) So sometimes I'll go online and on social media and I'll see a lot of celebrities right now that I follow and they are seemingly, again, seemingly, I don't know, but in a sprinkle where um, a lot of people maybe are like having money put aside, but they don't have much to do right now. Um, And I'm comparing myself to them because they are, you know, um, doing all these very quote-unquote productive things and it makes me feel bad so then I go in a mental spiral of, oh no, why aren't I doing those things? I should be able to do those things. I'm such a failure. I just want to go on Netflix after my work day. I'm not working out enough and all of these negative things that I'm working hard right now to fix and we'll talk about strategies as we go on in the the, um, episode, but I think it's so important to recognize that everybody is dealing with it or everyone's situation is completely different and we can't always tell what it is right away yes so in order to avoid that comparison you want to check the amount of social media that you're using it's very easy right now even if you're busy it's easy when you're working from home for example to just stop and check your phone and scroll or if you're not working right now it's tempting to just sit on your phone all day and 
so what I've done personally, because I found myself doing the same thing as Molly and feeling really bad about myself, is I'm trying to not scroll and just limit the amount of time that I scroll. And if I do, the first time I catch myself having a negative thought, like, ugh, I wish I could do that, I stop. And this takes time and effort because many of these thoughts are going to happen at the subconscious level. You may not realize that the thing that you're putting in your brain is having a negative effect on your self-esteem or a negative effect on your anxiety levels. But it's our jobs to become self-aware. This is so much harder than in our regular day-to-day, but something we can also practice once all of this has passed, too, is starting to become more aware of your thoughts. If you know, you might not be saying, oh my gosh, I'm so lazy just because you see someone else having fun. But if you have that minor little twinge of envy or that thing of comparison or that thought of, oh, that looks so nice. I wish I could do that. That's when it's time to stop scrolling. And we're not saying disconnect from other people. Social media can be a beautiful way to stay in touch. But when you notice it getting into that negative place, that's when you want to check it. And if you have the willpower and the strength to do this, then rather than cutting it all out, you can, you do have the option to reframe your thought and say, okay, that was a bad thought. Let me be grateful for my own situation. That's a lot more effort. So if this is new for you, just stop scrolling is what <laughs> we would recommend. Yeah. And I think even another thing that is a good suggestion that um, Joey, my boyfriend actually gave me is edit who you follow on Instagram too. I think it's hard right now for me. I need to take even baby, more baby steps to stop scrolling. I think I, I keep on telling myself, Molly, just get off Instagram, stop scrolling. And that's a large feat for me. I think I'm very deep in my addiction to <laughs> social media. And something I can start doing on a smaller level is editing who I follow. Like if I follow this one celebrity and they, it always makes me have that tinge of, uh, that's so annoying. Unfollow them too. Like that's something that can change how, on the external side, you can control things. I don't think that's a, I think that's a band-aid. I think what Trish is talking about is more of a deeper fix. And I think that's how, what we should all aim for eventually. But if we need a band-aid right now, that's another option. Yeah. It's, and it's not a bad thing. You want to optimize your environment for success. It's going to be really hard to stop scrolling. If you have all these people that are tempting you, it's just like, it'd be really hard to give up eating sweets. If you have a whole freezer full of homemade cookies. So it's not a band-aid necessarily to say, okay, I'm going to clean out the freezer and get rid of the cookies. No, it's not testing your willpower to the same degree, but we also, that's an important thing. We want to set up our environment for our own internal success. See, Trisha can be everyone's internal monologue. Let's just strive for that. (laughs) No, that's great advice though. That really makes, makes it feel a little bit better. But yeah, social media is a big, big animal right now that we're dealing with. So it's really important to think about that. Going off of what you just said, it's it's so funny. I notice this a lot with my clients is sometimes, very often, people will give themselves credit for doing well if they think, for example, in an impromptu speech that the topic was really easy. And I say, oh, that was wonderful. They say, oh, it was a good, an easy topic. It's like, no, you, it was wonderful because you did a good job. And if they don't do well, instead of saying, oh, it was a really hard topic they'll say, oh, I'm just really not good at this. And it's like, and it, it's the difference in your, the way people react. If you blame internal factors for your failure and external factors for your success, then 
you're not perceiving things the same way as someone who does the opposite, who gives themselves credit for success and recognizes the influence of external factors for failures. Of course, there's a balance between the two. We want to ask ourselves what external factors were contributing to this, but that's just something for us all to become aware of is everyone is fighting a fight right now, whether it's a sprinkle or a hurricane, and so give yourself some credit. So for then the reason I bring this up is because Molly's saying like, oh, it's just a band-aid. I'm not really doing anything. Yes, you are. Like you have to give yourself credit. Even taking that step to delete the people that you're following, that's an action step for your own good. So you need to pat yourself on the back and say, good job, Molly. Like that was awesome. <laughs> and I know it feels silly. Again, please reference our other self-talk episode where we really get into self-compassion and what that means and how to talk to ourselves in the second person in a kind and encouraging way. But basically, you want to treat yourself the way you treat a friend, and you wouldn't tell a friend, like, hey, you're stupid for doing that. You're such a lazy person. What a loser. You're going to be nice to them, I hope. And so that's what we want to start doing for ourselves. First step being always forgive yourself for having a negative thought, and then congratulate yourself on taking the steps to change it. I want to go back, too, to what you said. I think that resonated with me so much when you said how typically we blame external factors on our successes and internal factors on our failures. That is a huge, huge statement that really resonated with me. And like you said, there are ways that that does come into play sometimes, but it's important, too, to shift it and say sometimes the internal factors caused your success. So exactly. I, I just... I really liked that, so. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. It's something I've been talking a lot with my clients lately about, and it's yeah. so true, and obviously it's not true for everyone. Some people are already doing the other thing, but for many of us who have the problem of beating ourselves up and being overcritical and striving for perfection, we need to give ourselves some credit, and that doesn't mean being arrogant. It doesn't mean having a big ego to say, oh, wow, I worked really hard and I did well at this. That's important because success begets more success and positivity begets positivity. So if you're only focusing on your failures and the things that you're not doing well, you're not going to get anywhere. We need to give ourselves a pat on the back every once in a while. Yeah, so I can give myself a pat on the back for um, taking someone else's advice to clean out my Instagram and for actually doing it. So congrats to me for thinking that that's something that would help and actually following through on the action. And being motivated, too. And noticing that's something I need to do. So, I'll take it. Exactly. Beautiful. Something else um, Trisha and I talked about to help us with the way we're talking to ourselves and how we're dealing with these unique situations we're all in is to become more familiar and aware of the actual situation you're in. So, a lot of the times, like Trisha said, we can... If we're in that situation in quarantine with other people and we don't actually have time to think about ourselves, if you're in one of those boats, it's e if in one of those situations, it's a lot easier to not recognize how much you're actually doing and feel bad for needing a little bit of relaxation and stopping and just relaxing. So I thought it'd be a good idea to actually write down the situation you're in and all the things you're actually doing. So then you can see it on a piece of paper and recognize, oh, I do have a full day and it is okay to feel drained at the end of the day and want to turn on that movie or TV show or 
go take a bath or whatever it is when other people are completing thousand piece puzzles. So <laughs> maybe you don't have the brain space. Like it might even be a good idea to draw out like a picture of a brain and fill in in the brain every single thing you're thinking about because it's not even just physical actions that you're doing. It's it's brain space being taken up by worries. It's about say you do have like a sick grandmother and you're worried for what's going to happen to her in this situation. Maybe you do have students that are in compromised situations. There are a lot of things that are not only physically happening, but also taking up brain space. And if we write that down, we can actually recognize what we have, what, what we're dealing with. And that's going to be able to help you talk to yourself in a gentler way and say, hey, you are still working your 40 hour week job. You do have kids. You do have to put food on the table and cook more. Like, that gives you more grace to take that extra time take that extra time for yourself. And what I enjoy about that visual is then you really have the opportunity to filter out the things that are occupying your brain space that you don't need. So, for example, when I compare myself to other people, I often become resentful. And it's that is not something I need to be wasting my brain space on. I don't need to spend my time thinking, I wish that I had all this free time. Rather, I can be thinking, I'm so lucky to have a job right now. I'm lucky to have two jobs right now, actually, and a podcast that I enjoy, and a time to talk to my friends, and I can be with my family. So it's all about reframing the perspective. So if, if you're noticing you're wasting your brain space on something like resentment or judgment of other people, replace that with something positive for yourself, like gratitude, or just say, you know what, I'm not going to think about anything except for appreciating this moment, being present, mindfulness. So I like how Molly suggested writing it out, making a visual so that you really can see where your energy is going and what you can come back, cut back on because you're never going to feel good if every moment or the majority of your moments or even some of your moments are spent in a spiral of negativity and shame. Completely. And even writing it out visually in the, in the brain, like I suggested, and another suggestion is to write out your daily schedule, like what you actually spent your time doing that day. I think that could be really helpful, not only in recognizing how much you're physically doing, but like Trisha said, where your energy is going. That is really important to recognize too. I read something recently that was advocating the importance of routine right now, which is huge. Mm. I'm a big fan of routines anyway, in general, but especially now because our days are so <laughs> confused right now because we're not leaving our physical space, give yourself a routine and stick to it because otherwise it's very easy for the day to get away from you and it's harder for us to feel in control. So the thing that I think is the biggest, is the most important component of having a routine is it gives you a sense of control. Right now, none of us have control over the majority of the factors in our life. So we need to feel like we have control over something, even if it's just, okay, I know that I'm going to take a walk at nine every morning. I know that I'm going to do my journaling exercise at this time. I know that I'm going to give myself away from phone time to eat my lunch. I know that I'm going to build in my work between hour this and hour that. And I know that I'm going to have friend time at this time. Obviously leave some flexibility as days change, but giving yourself that feeling of control over something is going to really help you also pump yourself up and realize like, okay, there's structure, there's something I can do here. Life is happening for me, not to me. And then energy doesn't go towards trying to create a routine 
that's already kind of created there, energy can go towards what you want to do. And that is also a feeling of control. Yeah, meaning like you're not making those small decisions every day. When am, when am I going to work out today? It's like it's already built in for you. So take the energy to do it one time and try to stick to that. Of course, you can adjust as you go. But having that in place will give you some structure. And also, like Molly said, give you awareness to visualize things that you can cut out and say, okay, I'm not having time to do anything fun, but I'm having time to scroll through 27 news articles that are making me feel bad. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and then when you scroll you and you feel bad, then you don't want to do anything after that scrolling because you're in a negative headspace. Yeah. So one really big thing I want to bring up that we've kind of mentioned, but giving yourself permission to feel joy. It's very difficult, especially for empathetic people, when you know that the world is suffering, you know there are a lot of bad things going on, I see all these people dying every day, it's very hard to cope with that. And something I had to recognize for myself is when I'm just sitting and thinking about all the devastation, all the loss, it doesn't make me feel good and it doesn't make me productive. Yes, we can feel grief for the things that are happening. Yes, there is time and it's important to deal with those feelings, but it is also okay to feel joy the major- majority of the time. It is okay to feel good. While other people are suffering, yes, we can feel empathy for them, we can suffer with them for an, to an extent, but they wouldn't want us all completely miserable in this time. We, If we're fortunate enough to not have the virus, we need to appreciate that and give gratitude for that and say, look, I don't have the virus right now. I am going to be as happy and positive as I possibly can, not forgetting about the people that are suffering. I'm not ignoring that that's happening, but I'm saying, what can I do to be my healthiest, most productive, happy self in this time? And that's really important. We don't need to feel guilt or shame around success. I know for me, it's been hard to focus on business because I think, how can I even think about making money right now when people are suffering? But that's not a healthy way to think. Just because other people are suffering doesn't mean I can't live my life. And again, still carving out time to be with those people spiritually and to think about them and reach out to the people that are affected. I know I have a friend who has the virus. I know multiple people with the virus by now. And we don't want to neglect them. But also, we can't let the enemy of the virus defeat us before we even have it. We need to do as much as we can to make the world stronger. Because as long as if someone's clinging to positivity, we can make that the overarching feeling in the world as opposed to fear and anxiety. Yeah. Guilt is a feeling that also comes into my brain when I'm feeling something positive and someone else is going through something like the hurricane we talked about. So working on focusing on that positivity feeling, the positivity and happiness feeling can also lessen the feeling of guilt too. That's something that I struggle with is feeling guilty when I'm enjoying something and other people are suffering. So working through that too. One thing I think that would help alleviate some of that guilt is knowing that, okay, I'm enjoying myself, but you're not rubbing it in other people's faces. You don't need to post. Like if I am quarantined in a mansion and I have a full gym and a swimming pool and 
private chef and all these things. I don't need to post about it on social media and make mm-hmm. everyone else feel bad for not having that. I'm not going to brag to all my friends. That is not my situation, but I'm just saying. <laughs> we don't need to do that. And if someone else is doing that, again, don't let it bother you. Don't resent them for it. Ignore it. That's not something to focus your energy on. But as for us, for people like Molly and myself who feel guilty about that, we need to give ourselves permission to feel joyful and feel happy because if every person in the universe feels negative emotions, we're going to be in terrible shape as all of this dies down. And so we need to all stay as strong as we possibly can. And the way to stay strong is not by letting ourselves get depressed. So we need to do everything we possibly can to build ourselves up to feel joy and to be strong and to look to the future. There will be a day when this starts to die down and we need to think about what do we want our future to look like taking all this into consideration. We can't do that if we're so depressed and unmotivated and just crying for all of the people suffering right now. Of course, again, pay attention to the people suffering, stay informed and be empathetic towards them, but that doesn't need to consume your entire existence right now. Yes. All of that. Oh, gosh. Okay. I just got a little overwhelmed, but (laughs) thinking about it, but that's something that I'm recognizing and taking a deep breath and um, figuring out how to move forward and thinking about all the things I am grateful for. So on that note, should we go over some takeaways? Yes. What's your takeaway, Molly? My takeaway, and I think I'm going to do this right after the episode, is write down my brain visual of things that I am thinking about and doing so physically doing and taking up mental space to start to recognize the things that I am doing and acknowledge that I am still busy and I don't have the time to do that thousand piece puzzle everyone is doing and I can feel okay about that (laughs) so write down a visual of what's taking up your brain space and what your schedule is so you recognize the things you're doing and thinking about is my takeaway. Love that. My takeaway is to either write down or just say to yourself, you want to make it a habit to do this every day. At the end of the day, call to mind three things that day that you did well and focus on those. You don't need to focus on the argument you had with your daughter when you lost your temper. You don't need to focus on the fact that you didn't work out. Focus on the three things that you did well. I listened to a great podcast today. I went on a walk today. I sat outside for lunch. I only checked my phone four times today instead of my usual 20. I got some work done today. It doesn't have to be anything huge. Just think of three things you did well. Give yourself a pat on the back. Congratulate yourself for it and recognize right now, even the smallest thing, getting out of bed is a victory. That is a win. So think of three things that you did well and really feel proud of yourself and feel accomplished. That will help your communication with yourself exponentially. Our brains like to focus on negative things, so bringing up the positive is key. I love that takeaway. Thank you all for listening. Please stay healthy. And if you have (laughs) ideas for topics especially pertaining to what we're all experiencing right now, we would love to hear them. Or if you're interested in hearing something unrelated to the pandemic so you can get your mind off the situation, we would also love to hear those suggestions. 
please reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or email lostartofcommunication at gmail.com. All right, as always, thanks, guys, and we will